Welcome to Breathtaking with Julia Stith. Join me as I try to breathe air while I hike through the woods. My name is Julia Stith. How may I help you? Hey. Hey. It's <laughs> not me. So, this really dangerous virus <laughs> uh, broke out this past week. Well, past it's been week. out, but this week it really just, you know, hit the fan. And so, <laughs> Julia and I took to the woods. Reporting date is Sunday, March the 15th. Publishing date will be Tuesday, so the 17th. No promises. The coronavirus changes everybody's plans. Should we go stay? <laughs> Say it with me, Julia. Tiramisu. Tishomingo. Tishomingo. There you go. Tiramisu. Hello, everyone. Hi. It's Julia. Uh, so today with me, I have my beautiful, loving friend, Rebecca Matthews. I wouldn't go that far, but thank you. It's a <laughs> pleasure to be here today. We talked about Rebecca on our last episode with uh, Kinley. We talked about your love for little salamander guys. And because uh, you went on the Bankhead trip with her, Bankhead Take Two. Yes. Two, we made it to the waterfall. Where you actually got to the destination. I was very jealous. So I want to talk um, about you a little bit, Becky. I call you Rebecca, which I think is hilarious. So <laughs> I like that. Rebecca? It's funny. Rebecca? <laughs> Rebecca is like the mom of all of our friends and she definitely knows a lot about nature. Tell them a little bit about yourself and what you like to do. I'm a biology major. Yeah. Um, and I also am picking up a minor in sustainability. And so I think that that's just really played to what I want to do with my life. I just love being outside. And the thought of having to sit in an office every day kind of just makes my skin crawl, so. Yeah. Uh, a year ago, I took Natural History of the Vertebrates, and that's looking at uh, fish, birds, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, that kind of thing. And part of the course was we had to go out and find uh, certain critters and creatures mm -hmm. um, and either take a picture or catch them in our little critter carrier with our little... I remember that. nets and stuff and take them <laughs> in and uh, show our professor what we had found and log it in a little field journal with like the location and the weather and the habitat and that kind of thing. And so it taught me where all the good places were to look for creatures like salamanders and frogs and that kind of thing. I noticed that you knew where the salamanders would be. You guys, we spent a whole day hiking yesterday and everywhere we went, Becky was like, there, let's check under that. There's, we need to look under that log right there because it's a good environment. And I was like, okay, I'm trusting you. We flipped over so many rocks and so many logs and we did find salamanders. Yeah, it was so much fun. I think salamanders are one of the easiest um, creatures to catch. But salamanders like it where it's damp, um, muddy and uh, under things. So it's really easy to just like flip over an old tree limb or flip over a rock near a creek where it's damp. Um, and they really like that environment. So if you're looking to catch salamanders, look over, look under near a body of water, not in the direct current. They're not super strong swimmers as they age. Younger age, I guess, I'm drawing a blank on the terminology there, but they do live near moving water and stuff like that. 
but as they age and they get older and become more mature, they like it near moist environments, but not necessarily directly in the water. But you, you'll probably find one. One thing though to catch too is uh, crawdads or crayfish or, I know, that's one of my handy dandy babysitting tricks is to, you know, flip over a rock and pull out a crawdad. <laughs> and the kiddos always enjoy that. <laughs> About the trail we hiked on so we did go to Tishamingu Tishamingo Becky's yet nodding at me Tishamingo I was saying tiramisu <laughs> just anything that sounded funny and Rebecca was like no <laughs> Tishamingo see I got it that time Yay. look at that so the trail was really easy in the fact that we never got bored it seemed like every five minutes or so there was something new to look at. There were bridges, cliff hangings where you could go under and kind of explore. It reminded me of being out west in some places. There's a lot of creeks, a lot of creeks. There was a little place where there was a waterfall. We got behind it and that was really fun. But yeah, Becky and I are the climbers of the group, I think. That's very true. We just, like if we're like, ooh, look at that. You know what, let's just go climb over that and see how far we can get. But you can't climb that. Yeah. We did say that a lot. <laughs> Becky was like, I bet you can't climb up there. And you know what? I did. Uh, Julia climbed this really weird shaped tree. It was kind of like an L shaped and she climbed that sucker. Like It was so was difficult. Like, Watch me. She was like a little monkey. She just skeetered <laughs> on up there. I thought that we heard a family coming around the corner. I thought they were going to come see me looking like a little sloth hanging from this tree. The trail, for the most part, it says that the trail was 3.6 miles, moderately trafficked. We did a shortened version of the loop, and they're outcropping trails, so the full loop follows mainly the creek, at least for half of it. Mm -hmm. We kind of went on the outside of the trail for a little bit and then got back on it, so we kind of went on our own loop. But it was very beautiful, I have to say, and it was really easy for the most part. Going uphill, I will say, that was a little difficult. And I only had to use my inhaler, I think it was four times in total, I took an inhaler break, which actually was probably more than the first time because this this time was, I don't know, I can't explain it. It was easier physically, but I did have to stop more to use my inhaler. I think, especially because I've done the, the trail that y'all discussed on the first episode um, in Bankhead, I would say I think this one had more up-downs. So mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was easier in a sense that it was a shorter hike, um, but harder in a sense that it was more elevation changes. Yeah, there were a lot of elevation changes. For a minute there, I was like, oof. <laughs> I could feel my lungs tightening up. I uh, got a lot of shortness of breath. It was good. I felt like I was pushing myself, but I wasn't having to push myself that far. So some of the things I did learn from the first trip to the second trip. Number one, forests are way different than state parks. Yes. <laughs> so different. Um, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? I would say the first one right off that's really obvious is going into the National Forest at Bankhead. Um, you hit gravel road, dirt road. Um, once you get in past the residential areas, it's like dirt road, potholes, you better have a car that's in four-wheel drive mm. or high off the ground because you're going to bump along. Um, and 
bump along for a while until you get to trailheads. Um, but you always know you've reached a trailhead because you see like four or five of the cars. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to know that somewhere out there in that vast forest, there's other people um, who are out there doing the same thing you are. But I would say in the state park, it's, you know, we paid a $4 fee to get in, which I think is very reasonable. Oh, yeah. Because um, it was up, it was well kept. And yeah, it was well kept. And keep in mind, yeah, it's a fee, but it's keeping nature and the public lands really pretty. Um, and so I think it's worth the $4. But I mean, it's paved, there's um, bathhouses and that kind of thing. And this is at the, this is at the state, state park. park, yeah. All the trails were marked. Um, in the National Forest, you know, you just have your little map and you're like, okay, uh, the map says that I go left, so you go left. Um, yeah. But there's not like a little marker on the tree that says, oh, I'm following the yellow trail, I need to turn here. But um, at the state park, we had red markers and yellow markers showing us the way. So even though we may not know exactly where we were um, on the map, we always knew we were on the right trail yeah. because it was marked and we just knew that if we stuck with this trail it would bring us back around in a loop in the first trail it was go in go out and we talked about what on the, when we were hiking which one we would have liked better and I did like the loop because I knew that it was just going to take us back to the beginning and I wasn't going to have to trek backwards or pick a time to go backwards you know if you're in a loop you're in it for the long haul till you get back but I really, I really like the signage. I'm a big fan of signage. And we also talked uh, while we were hiking about whether or not people, we like the idea of people paving things and making things like manicured for people to go out and hike um, versus just letting people hike wherever they want and when, as they would in a forest, kind of give them like, hey, you can hike this trail, but then they can kind of go on it wherever they want. Um, so what are your thoughts on that again? Because I know we talked about it a little bit. Um, I think that it's important to have trails established. I know people have free will and do will do what they want. Um, but by having a marked trail, it's kind of like, you know, this is an established trail. It's quote unquote safer than if you were to go yeah. off on your own. Um, and another factor that's really, as a biologist, really like hit home with me is that um, when you have a trail that's set aside strictly for hiking or riding horses or what have you, um, you have less of an impact on the environment. So if a native species um, likes this one type of area, you, by having a marked trail, you're kind of protecting that area. Um, For example, when I was in Costa Rica, they have those woodcutter ants. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're those little ants that carry those big green leaves. I'm sure many of you have seen it on National Geographic. It's kind of a really interesting um, species. And all the trails in Costa Rica, um, woodcutter ants will just go across. And granted, because they have the big leaves, they're easy to spot. And usually, if that's the case, somebody will lay a stick across the path um, marking that that's where a woodcutter trail would would be at. Um, but if they didn't do that, then people could just walk on it or do something like that. So whether it's a woodcutter ant or it's another species, it's important to remember that that's somebody's home. How would you like it if somebody came hiking through your living room? I mean, that's a crazy thought, 
but that's essentially what we're doing. So by having a created trail, you can raise awareness to the species and their environment and their home um, and really educate people to, to show them like, yes, you're out here to appreciate nature and to look at the beautiful scenery and stuff, but also educate them on where these species live um, and that kind of thing and bring awareness about it. So that's yeah, my take. I think that's great because you want to be able to kind of guide people where they should go. Like everybody should be able to do whatever they want and go hike wherever they want. But if you set up more places for them to go that are really well managed, they're educational, they're exciting to be at, then you'll have more people trekking the same trails over and over again and not hundreds and hundreds of trails that are random that people walk through and disturb things. And Other features that we want to talk about was that this trail is on the Natchez Trace. So if you want to talk about more of that, because um, I don't think I've ever hiked anywhere on Natchez Trace. So the Natchez Trace is a national parkway, I do believe, mm-hmm. that runs from Mississippi all the way to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and it's a really long trail, and all along it, They have fun little stops to teach you about the Native Americans that once lived along this trail. So even on our drive from Florence, Alabama to Tishomingo, we took the Trace Parkway for quite a while. And it was really cool because along the way, we stopped at Indian Mound and we stopped at this really cool springs. Like it was where a cave was and the Indians- It was like a sinkhole. Mm -hmm that it formed. It was really cool because we walked down into it. Yeah, it was really cute because Julia was like, Rebecca, do you have a piece of paper? Because I already had a pen and so she just found this piece of paper and started jotting down notes. <laughs> it's on the back of my, like, I went to the doctor and it's this sheet that they gave me like a prescription Aww. thing. <laughs> it was, it was so the only paper I could she find. She was jotting down notes the whole time and I was like, wow, that's really smart. So good job, Well, Julia. I should have brought my actual notebook. I didn't think about that while we were walking. There's always next time. I can't even read my own handwriting. This is not good, she said. Do you want to talk about the little cabin or the dogs that we saw? Oh my goodness, we saw some really cute dogs. This is a side note, but I know know nobody's going to really care about this. But if you see these things, you care about them and you can't help it because you're looking at that. Listen, there were these dogs, okay? (laughs) We were driving down the road and this little mama dog comes down and she's got puppies. And I'm like, they were really cute. We like pulled over to the side of the road and watched the puppies cross the street because we were afraid they weren't going to make it across two lanes or three lanes of highway. I know. And one was a straggler, but the mom didn't even care. She was like, if he's not going to make it, he's not going to make it. And I was like, Dang. that's me though. The little rebellious kid. Like, I feel like that puppy is in all of us. But he knew when she was out of sight, he was like, <laughs> he started running. I don't know. So that's what we did for like 10 whole minutes was just stop and watch the dogs. Also, I don't know if this is a thing in Tishomingo. Notice how I said it slowly because I didn't know if I was going to get it right. (laughs) She did good, y'all. This is soggy hoagie all over again, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) But we got to the park, um, which was Easter themed. Yes, we did. Easter's coming up, I suppose. Yeah. Just skip right over St. Patty's Day. Wouldn't we all like to, though? Very true. Several of us would. Several of us would not. (laughs) Well, we got there and um, I don't know if it was just disc golf day or what, but there were like, I counted three groups of disc golfers on our way in 
And then I counted another group of disc golfers and it was people of all ages and they're just out there disc golfing, but it's in an area that you wouldn't think to disc golf. But it must be really interesting playing disc golf in Tishomingo State Park because the terrain is so varied. Like you have some really steep areas and then you have some really cool curves and really yeah. weird rock formations. So I'm sure it makes for a very exciting game. I think so too, but I was just thinking like, you're gonna hit a tree. <laughs> Let's just be honest. How are you going to throw this disc golf to this kid over here who wants to catch it? And he's like, three or four trees are standing in your way. Like, well, you got to be skilled. Oh, what if they were really skilled disc golfers? Ooh, I just read on all trails because as we gave our, um, <laughs> we gave like a whole spill about all trails earlier where we, all we, trails is the best please sponsor us <laughs> um they're very loved app but it's very beneficial I've if noticed you love that. the outdoors whether you like riding horses on trails like trail riding um or trail running or camping on trails or like short day hikes long day hikes but you want to know what the terrain's like if it's easier if it's moderate what other people think of the trail it's just all around a really good, well-informative app. You know what this reminds me of? What? When you look at it online, it kind of reminds me of how like a dating app is a dating app is set up. Not that I have a Bumble, but I mean, it looks like Bumble. You know how it's the end of the world if you did, Julia. Uh, I don't have a Bumble. I'm just kidding, but <laughs> I, I don't. I can't speak for myself. It's... I have had some bumbling experiences. <laughs> I do not currently have a Bumble, but I have had an account, and it has been active in the past. <laughs> to no avail, though. Hey, Bumble, sponsor us. I'm just looking for a sponsor, honestly. If you guys know anybody, I sound like I'm looking for like a friend to do. Like you know, hey, if you if you know anybody to cat sit this weekend, hit me up. I'm sounding hit like your girl Jules. Hit up. me up. It, it has like the, on the website, it has those little bars, like the little... Like hashtags. Like little hashtags. It's like dogs on leash, camping, fishing, hiking, like you would on Bumble where it's like smoking socially or drinking socially or... I shouldn't use that as an Religious example. Religious question mark? <laughs> Religious question mark? Um, dogs, cats? Yep. Being in nature this weekend while all of the corona craziness has been going on was quite delightful, I must oh, yes. say. yes. Because we were just out there like, they can't catch us. If you're in the woods, I want people's thoughts, opinions. Do you think living in the woods is going to make a difference? For those of you who don't know, currently it is March 15th, 2020, and there is a giant virus um, that is spread worldwide. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts, Julia? My thoughts are that it's okay if I get it, honestly. I wonder what it would do for my asthma. That's what I've been thinking. I'm not scared of getting it, but I wonder if... I mean, I'm only 19 at this moment in time. But would it have any different effects on me than any other 19-year-old? Because most people are saying, you know, you're young, you're healthy, you'll fight it off, you're fine, just... You should be worried, though, that uh, you'll be a carrier. Honestly, I'm not a medical professional, nor do I desire to be no, one. No, I've Googled this but like, last week. <laughs> I have a feeling 
In my humble opinion, I would rather be in the woods somewhere than be stuck quarantined in my house. That's like, so true. Just give me a tent and a sleeping bag and some some camp meals. And, and you're away from everybody. I just go to the woods you're and wait it out. You're self-quarantining yourself in the woods, basically. You're doing the world a service. Me and the Manders. Come on. Yes. Can I talk about one of the salamanders we caught real quick? Yes. Okay. Becky picks up this salamander, right? And it has one eye. It is bleeding out of its other eye. I don't think you did it. I'm not saying you did. But that's what this episode is going to be called. Do you know that? What? Rebecca and the One-Eyed Mander. Oh, okay. <laughs> I look forward to it. Um, let's talk about Julia's baby deer moments. Do you care to elaborate, Julia? Um, I was really hoping that you would leave some silence so that I could edit this out later. <laughs> nope. She's got to talk about it. So I kept calling it baby deer moments when I would fall, but it was more like my legs would just spread out really far. She like I was some fall. Kind of She just kind of slip slid around. Slip sliding around. I w Here's the thing. Here's a new thing. I don't think I fell as much probably as the first time because... Y'all, I wore a good pair of shoes this time. In my first hiking trip, I wore tennis shoes. I'm a Nike gal. Okay, Nike, don't sponsor me on this. I'm not looking for a sponsorship. I'm just saying, I wore Nike shoes. What can I say? This time, mm, your girl got some good hiking boots on. And yes, here's a tip I've learned. For all you other novices out there that are a little less novice or more novice -y than me. Because I understand I don't know what I'm doing. All right? I'm being very candid about that. But... If you get hiking boots, I would suggest giving getting a half size bigger than what you think you are. Because I ordered mine online, and why, yes, they're wonderful, beautiful, magical, amazing, I love them. They kind of squeeze my toes a little bit. It's because I have to wear those thick socks when we hike. Actually, talking about hiking shoes, which is a very important aspect to any trip, whether it's a short trip, long trip, it's good to have shoes that support your feet yeah. and protect your feet. Um, I'm a Chaco girl myself. Oh no. I love Chacos. Becky. The day I till the day I die, I will be a Chaco girl. However, when you're hiking, you need shoes that close your feet, add give you ankle support, mm -hmm. um, and have good traction. And I actually have Astrals. Uh, they're more of like a trail running shoe. Um, but I really like them. They're lightweight, unlike they really good, most yeah. hiking shoes. Um, and they're semi waterproof, so that's really cool. What do you think are the top five things you need to take or have on a good day hike trip? My bare necessities, simple bare can recipes, would be, I don't know, the dry socks came in handy, so I'm going to say dry socks, a towel, great option, um, some sort of first aid, snacks, and water, don't forget water. I, don't I know. would agree with you on all of them. What what would you bring? Um, What's some good things to bring? Well, if it's scheduled to rain, a rain jacket. Okay. You can always tie it around your waist if you get too hot. Um, a towel. Mm -hmm. uh, a knife or like a handy tool. Oh, I didn't even think about um, that. Water. Um, and I would say the last one too would be dry socks because it's no fun. It happens. Feet get wet. No biggie. But it it can get. If your feet get wet, mm. you'll be miserable the rest of the time. That's true. Hi,
thinking about the trail? I would say that if you were looking to get into hiking as like an extra activity or a hobby, I would start at the state park level. Because yes. they have rangers um, and it's manicured and there's usually, it's more populated than maybe a national forest. Um, and so there you can get your grounds, establish good hiking etiquette and um, I guess just awareness and stuff. Um, and then from there, go to the national forest, go places that are a little more out there. Um, but I think state parks are a really good place to start. Yeah. And that's something that I guess in the last the last hiking trip to Bankhead, I went in thinking, because I've only ever known state parks, I went in thinking this is going to be like a state park. And then going in, you realize there's not signage, or at least not a lot of it. There's no maps. There's no more like you're roughing it on your own just in a place that is designated. That's why on all trails, I was so confused on why there were such good reviews for Bankhead when I was comparing it to a state park, when everyone else was comparing it to, yeah, this is a national forest. But I really did like Tishomingo. Very good. Thank you. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode with me and Rebecca. Thank you so much, Julia, for having me on the show. You're welcome. I'd love to have you again. I knew um, when I started this podcast, I was like, Rebecca's got to be on it. As this virus is still spreading, I will probably have a different schedule of posting um i know i posted two weeks ago last time this time might be a little bit of a setback uh with all the schools closing down currently we go to the university of north alabama and they're going to all online schools which um is harder for some easier for others but uh, it might slow down this process of me posting so just wanted to keep you guys updated on that. That's why you should follow her on social media so you yeah. can stay updated. Follow me on social media. It's still the same. It's at Jules underscore Stith. Thank you for all of you guys who listened to the last podcast. I know it was kind of weird. It looped for some reason. I figured it out. I deleted it all and uploaded it again. Um, so thank you guys for keep bearing with me on that. I don't know what I'm doing. Follow my Instagram Um my regular Instagram page to get updates. Uh, but also you can follow at breathtaking podcast. My family will be in some of these podcasts They They really want to, they've always wanted me to have a podcast because they think I say the most ridiculous things, which I'm, I'm not trying to be as funny in these, but maybe with my siblings on things will get crazy. Thank you for joining me, Becky. You've been a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Julia. It was so fun. You're welcome. Anytime you need a hiking buddy. You know where to find me. Yep. Mississippi woman. Louisiana man. We, we get, get together, together every time we can. <laughs> Too much love in this Mississippi all.